This is part two of a 2023 Ravens training camp preview that we're doing. Uh, if you haven't listened to part one, where we go over the offense position group by position group, uh, go back, give that a listen. And if you're here for the defense, stick around and uh, let us know what you think. Uh, switch over to defense now. It's hard to believe we've been going for an hour. We ain't even got to the defense. <laughs> this might be a two show thing. I might chop this up. You never see. You never know. Um, let me see if I can remember how to do that. Um, so let's see. They okay. I can I can split this up. They group inside linebacker and outside linebacker together. I can I can split that up. I think. Um, we'll start with outside linebacker. So, um, we know kind of the exciting names, right? Dafe Owe, um, David Ajabu, uh, Tyus Bowser. You know, just really really talented guy. Sam Lamba- Sam linebacker spot. But then after that. You know, you 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 kind of got some question marks. You got rookie Tavius Robinson, uh, you know, who they drafted this year. Um, you know, the size profile was there for sure, right? Six six over two hundred fifty pounds. Uh, but then you got a couple undrafted guys, Malik Ham. Uh, who's the other kid? Not seeing his name up here. Uh, Jeremiah Moon was last year. Uh, he was a a UDFA out of Florida, a guy who did a bunch of different things, lined up everywhere his last year at Florida, but he's back this year. Kale Sanders, that's the other guy I was looking for, other undrafted rookie guy. I think, see the Alabama kid? Um, that outside backer, Kale Sanders. Yeah. Uh, oh, Alabama, Birmingham. Well, it's Alabama. Uh, <laughs> but when you look at that outside linebacker group, I start with you again, Chris. Again, we see those names at the top, you know, young guys uh, who we're excited about. Obviously, you know what Tyus can do. But behind those guys, and I guess you could throw Malik Harrison. I mean, they're gonna they're, they're gonna list Malik at linebacker, but we've seen him do both. We've seen him play inside, we've seen him play outside uh, backer a little bit. So I'll, I'll I'll toss his name in there too. But there's there's not a, a ton of depth behind those those guys that you know we're kind of excited to see how they continue to grow. Yeah, and I think that's why you see the reports of um, of them you know sniffing around on Smoot. Uh, because we know that this isn't going to be the final group. Uh, There has to be a vet added at some point, whether it's Moot, whether it's Houston. Um, I would personally love to see JPP back because I Mm -hmm. I thought he provided, you know, some really solid depth and and more than depth because he played a a crazy amount of snaps for somebody that they signed off the street. Um, And and he was able to provide that versatility of being there inside outside guy and i think that's what's currently missing from the this group of uh outside linebackers right now is somebody who can also kick in and, and be able to provide that pass rush from the inside um but as far as the young guys with ojabo and, and owe um always specifically uh he, he's a guy that you know everybody knows you know we we love uh owe uh we love the the him as a prospect and watching him develop and after that first year the arrow was pointing up and you know he had that so the shoulder injury uh during last off season and i think the sense is that he kind of got a little bit too big for himself like he he just he kind of lacked that explosiveness that we saw in year one and uh hopefully we could see him kind of regain that form in, in year three and and have more games like he did against the Bengals in the playoffs because that was the old way that we saw in year one. 
have a, a you know a year three that resembles more like his first year with with a little bit more maturity in his game and uh, and less off his plate because I think people forget how much was put on his plate early on last year because he was it was a time where he was like the only guy that was in that room and that's why they had to bring so many dudes off the street so um obviously David Ajabo you know I'm excited to see him um uh, another guy who had first round potential if it wasn't for the injury and um we know what he can do like as far as rushing off the edge and and being one of those bendy guys who can you know really put uh, offensive tackles in a bind when it comes to to his speed so they, they're already on edge when it comes to his speed before the ball is even snapped so it, it's going to be fun to watch him be able to play and, and watch Mike McDonald who already knows how to use him be able to kind of take that next step in his in his comeback so to speak because I know he came back last year but this is his really his first year back in the NFL so it's it's going to be fun to watch those two young guys progress. Yeah, and you know I'm checking for my boy Owe this year because I think, you know, he, he had a strong finish to the end of last season. You know, I know you do the roundtable show with Coach and those other guys. I still can't believe they call him what they call him. I will not repeat that nickname. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, me and Denard talked about it last year, just how much Owe was doing at the beginning of the season uh, because of the other injuries, you know, that were, were going on in that group. And people might remember JPP, but I think people forget about the Stephen Means mm. and the Devin Kennard. You forget about these other guys who are out there and always playing like 80% of the snaps and he's playing rush and he's playing sam he's doing all of these different things and then you know as they get some guys healthy and they bring some you know a guy like jpp in and come in and take some snaps he you know dafe starts to play you know a more regular load and you start to see him you know kind of do the things that you were expecting him to do so i think you know that that is definitely part of the story with him last year that that kind of goes under the radar for for folks who are just looking at the numbers on him um but you know like you said, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see if they bring who who they bring in. I, I shouldn't I don't even want to say it if I think they are going to bring in somebody else in this room. I, I look at that guy on first and second down who can kind of be that run game hammer. You don't really think about JPP that way because you think about him kind of the earlier part of his career being more pass rush. But he kind of became more of a run defender, you know, later in his career. And you think about those guys that I talked about, Stephen Means, you know, Devin Kennard, just kind of that guy opposite of the Sam who can just be that hammer on the edge, like on first and second down or in run situations. Not that Owe can't do some of that, but I don't know if you want him doing a ton of it because you also want to have him in some of your rush packages for sure, you know, because of his athleticism. So I think they might still be looking for that guy. But uh, Denard, you and I talked about this position group a lot last year. And uh, I know how excited you were when Bowser came back because you you really, more than almost anybody else I talked to, um, point out just how key he is to what they do. The man is the reason why this, this all works and why people can go back to being they need to be in this defense. Now, he has to come and have a – Pro Bowl type year. He needs to show he is considered one of the top outside on outside linebackers. He needs to have a breakout year. He really hasn't had that because he's been hurt. After he got the contract, 
You know, we all saw the potential, but now we need to see that progression. And I think we need to see that with a lot of guys. And I think that's why they intentionally have kept this group young going into the preseason. They want to see what they got. I mean, you spent a first-round pick, a third round, a, you know, whatever you want to call a Jabo, second round, first round. Yeah, that was going to be a first if he didn't get hurt. It was going to be a first round pick. Absolutely. So you spent a lot of draft capital and not really giving it a lot of time to mature and, and to see what you have. You know, a lot of that is injuries. I get that. But, you know, I think that's why we haven't seen the guys like JPD in Houston. I think that's, you know, the smooth guy, I think it's more protection on the D line and probably some, some competition for urban for that, that fifth spot. Um, but I think this off this outside group just needs to have some consistency. And I hopefully Chuck Smith, gives these guys the mindset where they have game plans going in and they can attack and and they can show what they can do and unleash even more of this defense where we saw in the last eight games of the year when you can get distant pass rush, you don't have to bring the fifth guy. You don't have to bring the sixth guy. Now you got coverage. Now you got guys jumping lanes. You got Kyle Hamilton making plays. You got Raquan, you know, Roquan Swift coming in and settling. So now here we are going into this pivotal year with these guys where Adabo and Owe, they all there's no excuses. You've had time to heal. You know the defense. It's not gonna change every week. You they went out and got a special, you know, pass rushing specialist. Like, here we go. If you can't show me what you got in the first four uh, four weeks of the season, and I can't see it, I'm making phone calls. <laughs> Getting on the bad phone. Uh, I'm coming to you now, Karen. I think this, you know, to Denara's point, you know, you can out call them outside linebacker, you can call them edge players, but th- they're really important in this particular defense. And going back to Mike McDonald's time at Michigan. You know, those guys have done numbers in this defense. I mean, he had Ajabo and Hutchinson, I think, that last year. They both had double-digit sacks. Uh, you had a guy in Houston last year who had, what, nine and a half sacks. I mean, the edge players, and, and some of these guys have talked about it, too, how much they can be themselves in this defense. Uh, they said that last year when McDonald was here and then even more this year with Chuck Smith coming in where they say, you know, he just gives you the freedom to really kind of – you know, be you and rush the way that, you know, you want to rush. Um, so I, I, I'm i excited for those two guys for sure, for Adafe and uh, and David Ajabu. But what do you think about the group as a whole? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think Denar really hit it on the head. Um, you know, we do this thing. It's something I used to do when I was writing and I brought it over to deep cover. And I mean, we might have done it once or twice on the pod, but, you know, going over – uh, the most important Ravens every year, and then the ceiling setters, the guys that if they hit, they change the traje- trajectory of the team. And 
Ojabo and Owe, they're, you know, they're probably in both categories, but they're definitely ceiling setting guys. When you look at, you know, this is going to be a good team, you know, to what degree we'll see, but this is going to be a good team. This is going to be a team that's going to be playing from ahead. Uh, This is a team that, you know, is going to be more of a zone based team. We've seen that, um, you know, they, they want to get home with four rather than having to put in five and six. If these guys play up to their potential, we're just talking about a different defense. You know, if you can sit back in your zone and guys can be aggressive and you got ball hawks like, you know, Marcus Williams, um, and, and again, like Denard says, guys, you know, jumping and passing lanes, you know, having the freedom, having the the confidence to be able to do that because of what's in front of them. We're talking about a, a, a really good defense going into a great defense. And that is on, um, you know, right in the laps of Owe and the Jabo being able to create their pressure. And the runway is there for them, you know. They're in good position. Uh, everything around them is stable. Um, they have the talent. You know, they have the coaching. You know, they got Chuck Smith in, um, in to be that, um, you know, guy that you can trust to, to, to kind of unlock whatever it is that needs to be unlocked. And now it's just out there for them to, to go ahead and, and do it. And so – those two guys I'm looking at for sure to to see if they're going to be able to take the next step. And then the guy that you mentioned, um, you know, with the edge guys that's, you know, played a little bit of both, but Malik Harrison, I'm looking at him, you know, does he play more edge this year than, than inside? Because, you know, we'll get the inside linebacker, but inside linebacker is kind of loaded at this point, <laughs> to be honest. So, yeah. you know. Harrison, he's a big enough guy. He's a physical enough guy. He can go in there and do that that early down dirty work. You know, eat some of those snaps so guys like Owe and Ajabo can stay fresh and kind of take some of that off of their plate, um, you know, if it's not a veteran that they bring in. But, you know, I think Malik Harrison is is, is more than capable of, of being that kind of guy. But, you know, again – you know, those ceiling setters with Owe and Ajabo is going to be uh, uh, pivotal to the ceiling of this team. Yeah, man, Malik, just just a big old versatile dude. 6'3", almost 260 pounds, just just a big, big body <laughs> just yeah. out there. Um, but we'll go to inside linebacker now. And to your point, Kerry, and I'll start with you again, Chris. The top two spots, those, those guys last year, once Roe got to, was traded here, they don't come off the field. Right, you're not rotating Roquan and Patrick Queen. They're on the field every snap. So, <clears throat> excuse me, not really a whole lot to discuss with those kind of guys, with those two guys. But kind of the the depth uh, behind them, Trenton Simpson. You know, the guy they drafted this year out of Clemson, another freak, six two, over two hundred thirty pounds, ran in the four fours, just free. And you see the picture, right? Uh, the, the position groups they took at camp, at mini camp. You see the linebackers. He just the man is just is built different. <laughs> so you bring him in. Uh, of course, you got some of your core special team guys and uh, Christian Welch and Dale Sean Phillips, uh, who they brought over. Was it the Jets last year? I forget where he came from. Um, but those guys kind of slide in back there. So it's really the depth pieces at that position. Um, 
I guess, where there's, you know, maybe some conversation. But, uh, of course, feel free to talk about Roe and, and, and PQ, too, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to see this group, um, you know, well, first of all, I'm excited to see Roquan and Patrick together again because that was, you know, it was like a peanut butter and jelly situation. <laughs> like, they just they just mesh so well together on the field. And when you can get that kind of cohesiveness between two players that are in the middle of the field, it changes everything. So they, the Ravens hit the nail on the head pairing those two guys together because they they play off of each other so well and and you know Patrick Queen and you know he's I mean we saw him there were some games where he took over as a pass rusher and you know the the being able to blitz as a linebacker and he, even as a cornerback I mean we saw it with Ladarius Webb um, I don't think we've had a cornerback who can blitz the way Ladarius Webb is, has been able to and and I think Patrick Queen is one of the best blitzing linebackers, the Raven, inside linebackers that the Ravens have had. And when you put in Trent, uh, Trent Simpson's tape too, he shows some of those flashes as well. So when you have those guys that can come from his, that can blitz from all types of different locations on the outside, on the inside, that free that frees up so many things that you can do on the defensive side of the ball. And you know it, it's it's going to be an exciting group to watch as they pick up where they left off last year because I think you know confidence is is the biggest thing and a guy like Patrick Queen where he's kind of been up and down in his career and last year we kind of we saw things click for him even before Roquan was signed we saw things click it wasn't fully like you know he had it all there but it was starting to to slow down for him the game was slowing down a little bit for him so it's going to be interesting to see him, you know, come back and and be able to to kind of take what he did last season and, and build off of it and, and see what these two can do together. Yeah, Denard, you and I have talked about PQ a lot <laughs> since he's been drafted. And it's never been a question of talent or ability with Queen. It's never been about that. Um, he tries and has tried so hard to make plays. And I, and in some ways I think to kind of live up to that first round, you know, pick status, like just putting way too much pressure on himself. And when they traded for row, it was like exactly, exactly what he needed <laughs> to settle him down. What do you think about those two guys in this, this inside backer group? They, they've got opportunities to be great. And that's all, that's all you can ask for. Um, when you can control the middle of the field, tight ends can't run wide. It, it makes a difference to your defense. And these two guys, you know, the last eight weeks of the season were dominant. They can play to their strengths. One can be the more cerebral type individual and allow, allows Queen to be who he was built to be, which is this guy who can run sideline to sideline and make plays. I'm excited to see where his growth is and, and he's in a contract year. So that's exciting to watch him see how he responds. And he seems like he, he's in a great space and he understands the challenge that's in front of him, which is important. He doesn't, you know, you know, it's a business. He needs to go out there and make that decision harder for whatever team that might want him. 
Um, Mr. Simpson. I, I know he's, you know, he's built like a Greek god and he, he's, you know, everything you want and every rack number you, you know, ever seen. But him playing inside makes me nervous. Hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's a comfortable position for him. I think the best position for him is a reincarnation of, of Kyle Hamilton. I think he fits there very well. I think that's eventually where he ends up. Can he play inside next to Roquan? He could get away with it because Roquan is such a, you know, a different type of linebacker and understands the game and allows guys to run around and do things that, you know, you only see in San Francisco and and maybe Orleans where guys can be free because they've got uh, Fred Warner and, and Demario Davis. Like that's, that's the list. Those three, <laughs> like other than that, you kind of fuck. Uh, so I think it's important for this inside group to stay healthy. I, I think a dark horse, if, if, the light bulb come on would be, you know, Malik Harrison. Like, he's not, uh, he's not not useful. I just think he's been jerked around for three years. <laughs> you know, whatever happened at the, at the cook is at the cookout. He was a club. Whatever, you know, wherever that happens. Um, I just just continue to stack. You know, good week after good week, and and be the rock of this defense that they need them to be. Yeah, I left your guy Josh Ross out too. I can't believe I forgot about Josh Ross, but he's he's in the mix at inside linebacker too. Guy who made the team as an undrafted rookie last year, so don't want to leave him out. Kerry, um, I'll come to you. I mean, you really can't overstate the impact. Roquan had on the whole defense on the team really when they traded for him and on PQ we talked about that um, what are your thoughts on those two guys and, and the rest of the group yeah um, really strong group really deep group um, you know I said when you're talking about the edge rushers and talking about this defense how they don't want to send um, more than four but when you're sending five it's a pretty good idea <laughs> a pretty good feeling to be sending Patrick Queen. Just his explosiveness, his timing uh, as a blitzer uh, is phenomenal. So, um, you know, if you're going to be sending it, I, I like it to be him. Um, and, you know, again, you can't can't understate what Roquan did for this defense last year. Um, you know, he just, it, it, he just put everybody back into – their spots where they're, you know, especially Patrick Queen, but he just seemed to kind of be the steadying force on the defense that was already good, but it just, you know, it just ratcheted up to another level, uh, you know, once he got there. And then outside of those two guys, you know, Josh Ross was a guy that was well on his way before he got hurt last year um, to, you know, pushing for playing time. So I expect him to be, 
um, you know, right back in the mix. Um, Trent Simpson is just, you know, th- this ball to, ball of clay at this point. Um, you know, in college we saw him play kind of two different roles and, and two separate years, um, and he showed flashes in both roles, both years. Uh, you know, ton of athleticism, ton of um, you know physical ability, um, and you know, Denard talks about him playing that Cal Hamilton type role, and that's not hyperbole. Like he literally could do that. Like it did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know so. You know that that gives you a lot of versatility when you got a guy like that, and you you don't have to rush and force him into a role. Um, you know you can kind of slow play it, figure out what it is he's most comfortable with, kind of lean in on that to start with, and then start grooming him to you know eventually at some point be a guy that you know potentially pay, uh, replaces PQ if he's gone after this year, or you know finding him another a role if PQ was still around. So, you know, that, that's, you know, his talent, where they got him at, you know, that's a great situation. And then you got uh, a lot of depth guys, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, how this all plays out with Christian Welch and some of these other guys, you know, it's, it's a lot of guys on this, you know, this is a talented team It's not enough slots. So, you know, it's probably going to be a good inside linebacker, or a good special teams guy that's going to be uh, kind of left out in the cold um, at the end of this. But you know that that just speaks to the the depth of talent that this team has. Yeah, Chris mentioned it, but keep your eye on on Simpson in some pass rush situations too, because I think he did a ton of that at Clemson. But you know, when Denard and I watched some of the film, you know, limited opportunities he had to do that. He's got some juice. Uh, as a, as a rusher, he yeah. definitely got some juice getting out of his stance as a rusher. And yeah, you just it was, he's interesting watching his film. I'm just circling back on that because he had two different defensive coordinators and they used him differently. When when Brent Venables was there earlier part of his career, he used him in kind of that. And look, there's a lot of terms for this. Call it whatever you want: nickel, Sam, apex, overhang. Call it whatever you want. He was in space. He was outside of the box more than he was in the box. And he just looked really comfortable there. He's an athletic dude, big athletic dude who can move. And he just really looked comfortable in space. Second year, Venables leaves. Well, not second year, but when Venables leaves, gets a head coaching job, his position coach, guy was the inside backers coach, takes over as the DC. And he bumps him inside and he bumps him inside and has Simpson playing more in the box. And you could definitely see a transition, right? I think stuff's happening faster in there <laughs> you know it's moving faster and there's definitely a little bit of a transition for him playing in there so is he more comfortable in the box is he more comfortable out in space can you do a little bit of both is that gonna you know be too much on his plate i think the good thing about it is they have two guys in row and patrick queen where they can be gradual with how they bring simpson along right you don't have to jerk him all around you don't have to move him all around you can give him little bits and pieces of stuff, see see what he can handle and, you know, as he can handle it, maybe give him a little bit more, whatever, however you do it. But you don't have to go crazy um, because you've got established guys there. Um, so that that's kind of a nice luxury to have. Uh, defensive line. And then we'll get to secondary and we'll wrap this thing up. We won't even talk about specialists because we know who they are. Uh, <laughs> defensive line, this might be my favorite group going into this training camp. Because you got a group of young guys, particularly on the interior, who've 
shared time with veteran guys, right? They've been around Calais. They've been around Brandon Williams. They've been around Derek Wolf. Um, they've been around Michael Pierce. Of course, Michael Pierce is coming back, but they were kind of, you know, the, 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 the guys supporting those other guys, but now this is kind of their time, you know, to kind of step into larger roles. So guys like Justin Matabike, um, Broderick Washington, Travis Jones going into his second year. I said, I should have mentioned Brent Urban. They were <laughs> some of them. Uh, now they weren't around him last time he was here, but uh, they've been around him since he came back. Um, you know, Rashad Nichols, a uh, guy who got a little bit of time last year. And then, um, you know, they got a couple of undrafted guys and uh, Kaim Caesar, Trey Botts. And I mentioned Michael Pierce coming back, coming off that injury, who had, you know, pretty good start to the season last year before. I think it was a, it was a torn bicep or a pec, something like that, uh, into his season. But I'm excited about those three young guys on the inside. Chris, I'll start with you. What are you feeling about the defensive line? Yeah, I, I would I would love to see Michael Pierce stay healthy this year is, is something that he hasn't been able to do uh, for the last few years. But when he's been healthy, he's been a guy that, you know, he, he's been a force uh, on the, in the inside. And um, to have him and then a guy like Trav, uh, Travis Jones uh, on the inside, you know, two dudes that you could kind of interchange and, and keep them fresh. Um, uh, like you said, it, it's an exciting group. Um, but Michael Pierce has to stay healthy because I, I think that defensive line, they need that veteran presence there, especially this season. You know, I, I know Matt Abike has been here a few years. Broderick Washington has been here a few years. But you kind of need a guy that has that seasoning that that Michael Pierce has, he, the tricks of the trade, so to speak. Um, because it, with that big void of, of not having uh, Calais there anymore, he kind of steps into – that you know head honcho role a little bit when it comes to being the elder state statesman of the of the position group so um i'm hoping he can stay healthy and and i think a guy who's like he's not going to be someone who lights the world on fire but i brent urban i thought he provided some really good uh snaps last year um when he when he came in and spelled calais um it, like I said, he's not going to be a guy who has six sacks in the year, but he's a guy that will do the dirty work and free up other players on the defensive line and, and you know, be able to get in between those passing lanes. So uh, I'm I'm excited about this group. Yeah, Denard, I'll, I'll come to you. We talked a lot last year about Travis Jones, what kind of man child he was as a rookie. <laughs> he comes into his second year. Uh, I think another favorite of ours is Broderick Washington. We talked about him on the Fire Zone show a lot. Just kind of under the radar, right? Doesn't doesn't necessarily go about it in a real flashy way, but just makes plays. You know, just finds a way to make plays. What do you think about this group? I think this this group has the potential to be the the sung heroes and probably the top you know dogs on the squad if everybody plays their potential. With Matabike, with Washington, Travis Jones inside. I, that is a good group. It's, yeah. it's probably one of the best groups we've had probably since uh, Nada, uh, Price, and McPhee. Kind of the different dynamics they bring, the Different changes of speed. You got a you got Washington, who's just a, just a thug. <laughs> um, 
Travis Jones, who's just animalistic in everything he does. Um, and, and you got Matabike, who's a born pass rusher who needs to just 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 go. Just yeah, get loose. after it and and not think about it. I think towards the end of last year, it I think he started to understand that he dominant all day. And Clayus Campbell tried to instill that in him. Like, you can be dominant all day, every day, whenever you want to be. So it's just consistency with him. And he's another one. His hair is going to be on fire. It's it's pay year. (laughs) Like, he's one of those dudes that you know they're going to try to, you know, re-sign if he has that type of year. So – I expect this group to be the D-line that is necessary to be dominant going forward, particularly against the run. Yeah, I think Hillman and Brody, both in contract years this year. Um, but I'll never forget that clip. I remember that clip of Justin, uh, of Calais talking to him and saying, look, they cannot block you, <laughs> okay? These people cannot block you. And you have to go into every game with that mindset. Like, it doesn't matter who's lined up across from me. It don't matter if it's one guy, two guys. They cannot block me. And you play with that mindset with his ability, right? You can couple that mindset with his ability. You can have something really, really special there. I forgot Angelo Blackson. I should mention him because he's a veteran guy. I forget where he came over from, but he's he's been in the league uh, a little bit. Um, I think the Bears. That, okay. Yeah, thank you. Outside of Hillman Pierce, that's it. Right. I mean, he's 30. Pierce is 30. Other than that, everybody else is 25 or, or under <laughs> Just a bunch of young dudes uh, on. The, well, uh, Brent Urban, of course, I left out Urban. He's 32. Uh, how, I just he, think about how young this defense is. Yeah. Yeah, they're young. And I they mean, the run. oldest cat is, <laughs> with experience is it's Humphrey. Yeah. And they can run. They're young and they can run. So, yeah, I mean it's 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 an exciting group. Kerry, uh, I'll, I'll get you on the defensive line before we go uh, to the secondary and close it out. What do you think about this group? Yeah, it's a good group. It's an interesting group. Um, like when you think about the ceilings of some of the guys in the group, I mean Travis Jones and Justin Matabike specifically. Their ceilings are as high as, you know, I can think of as far as guys in their position around the league, honestly. Like, we saw with Travis Jones, um, like, you know, the and one mixtape stuff he was doing last <laughs> season at times. You know, he's just scratching the surface. Again, just a matter of BK, we know what kind of talent he is. So, you know, if those guys reach even close to their ceiling, you know, it, it it could get scary quickly. Um, and, you know, I want to um, piggyback off Chris, shout out Brett Urban. I thought he was solid in his first stint with the Ravens. Well, more than solid. Um, and I thought, you know, he, he was, you know, just as solid last year. Uh, you know, a good five technique type guy that's going to, uh, you know, do the dirty work, be where he's supposed to be and sneakily give you a little bit of pass rush uh, as well. So, you know, I think he rounds out um, a good, talented, deep group. Um, You know, want to see Michael Pierce uh, stay healthy and see what he can bring to the table. You know, he was somebody that when he left and went to uh, Minnesota in free agency, 
Um, they let him rush the pass a little bit more and show some upside there. Uh, you know, I want to see um, if he still has some of that in the tank uh, as, as a pass rusher. So, you know, just a, just a overall, just a good, good, good looking group. All right. So we'll, we'll close it out with the secondary uh, corners and safeties. Again, I'm skipping over the specialist, Justin Tucker, Jordan Stout, Nick Moore. There you go. You know who they are. Uh, <laughs> we don't have to talk about the kicker and the punter and the long snapper. There ain't no competition there. That's who it's going to be, barring an injury. Um, so we'll start with corner uh, because I think there's a there's a little interest here this year because uh, although reports you know you're hearing coming out of the, the early camps was that Rock Yasin probably the guy projected to start opposite Marlon Humphrey, but you know hey we they've not put any pads on yet. You know Rock Yasin's been in the league. Uh, so there's plenty of tape on him. You don't have to wonder, you know, how he's going to look when pads come on. You know, he's played in games. But assuming that's true, after that, you really don't know. You know, there's a lot of guys in that that third, fourth corner, you know, third, fourth, fifth corner role. Uh, Pepe Williams, Justin Armour Davis, two guys from last year who saw a little bit of time before they had to deal with different different injuries. Kayvon Seymour, Daryl Worley, um, Trayvon Mullen, you know, who they signed from the Raiders, another guy who was – was he a second-round pick? I hope he was a second- or third-round pick, but, you know, relatively high draft pick. Um, Lamar's cousin, for what that's worth. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, you got a couple undrafted rookie guys in Corey Mayfield and Jordan Swan and Jeremy Lucien. So, um, and I forgot, Caillou Blue Kelly, another rookie they drafted this year, um, who, listening to David Shaw – he said that Caillou Blue Kelly was probably their best nickel in their whole DB group. So, you know, there's another guy who could be in the mix at nickel. Um, so, Chris, corner, um, outside of Marlin, you know, it kind of is an open open competition. Yeah, the three guys who I'll be looking at very closely is Jalen Armar Davis, um, we know he's a guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy, whether it's the NFL, whether it's college. He's a guy that's always dealt with injury, but the talent is there. We know he's a talented player. Um, now it's time for him to stay healthy and show what he can do. Um, and, you know, Pepe as well, too. Pepe is another guy who I want to see kind of make that that step because I think the plays where he got beat, and I, I know, Mike, you were sending us some clips, too, um, a couple of weeks back, uh, some of the plays that he made. And it, it's like he's right there, but he's just not making the play yet. And you hope in year two, if he's just right there, just barely missing, tipping the pass away, in year one, you hope in year two he's able to gain that step in order to and, and have that savvy in order to knock the ball away. Uh, in those type of situations. And then the other guy is Trayvon Mullen. Uh, we know he's a guy, you know, came out of Clemson with a lot of fanfare. Um, and, you know, it's it's been up and down for him in his career. But, you know, sometimes the guys need a kick in the ass in order to really get their head on straight when they're in the league and and know that this isn't this isn't something you could take for granted. Like you have to work and you have to be dedicated to your craft. So this is stop number three for him, you know, in, in a few years. So this is his time to shine. And and like I said, with Jalen Armar Davis, Trayvon Mullen, he's a guy that has a ton of talent. 
physically, but now he has to put it all together on the field. And, and he has a, a great opportunity to do that in Baltimore because right now, like you said, Mike, it is wide open. <laughs> yeah, if you're a corner, you know, looking for an opportunity, this, this is a place that you want to be. Uh, I'll come to you, Denar, right now. We think about this cornerback group, man. It is kind of an open deal after, uh, after you get past Marlon. Well, it is an op- it is open, but we talked this before, Mike. The change in philosophy and change in how you spend your money. Yeah. And with this particular defense, you don't need lockdown corners. You need guys who can play a good zone, who understand right route concepts. We're not going to be jumping phantom stuff. We're going to stay home. I don't need you to be great. Great things happen to people who will. And when you got a guy like Humphrey, you got a guy like Rock, where you know they're going to be solid, solid, then this allows the rest of your secondary to fall into place. Now, I know people are going to be wondering, they're going to bring in a veteran. I don't think they will. Here's another one where you got draft capital. You've got guys here, you know, yeah, the rookies, second year guys. The time is now. It's sitting in the secondary behind you. It's, you know, Marcus Williams and Kyle Hamilton are going to give you opportunities. So I just need you to be consistent and go out there and make plays. And be where you need to be, and things and the good things will happen. I just I think this group needs time to grow. If they bring in a vet, I understand it, but I don't I don't I don't think they're going to need it. To be honest, yeah, I think a great example of the difference with people they hear you say that and they're like, yeah, what is, but what does that look like though? Daryl Worley. Watch Daryl Worley in 2021 against the Bengals, the knife to the gunfight game. They tacked his butt unmercifully. <laughs> right? Then watch him in 2022 against the Bengals. Yeah, he gave up that go ball to Chase, kind of like a jump ball in the end zone. He was right there. It's not that Chase had beat him. He was there, and Chase just made a better play on the ball. But had a couple PBUs, knocked a you-know-what out of T. Higgins, uh, <laughs> had a shot at an interception that kind of just went off his hands. So just seeing the same guy in a different defense and how he's being asked to play differently and how he can look like he couldn't cover anything in one defense <laughs> and in the other defense, it's like, okay, this guy is actually useful. You know what I mean? If you, you know, playing in more of a zone based, you know, you know, off coverage concepts, you know, kind of defense, there's a lot more useful do. Um, and you didn't necessarily need, you know, a guy who you had spent, you know, a top 20 pick on at corner to, to go out there and, and play and play well against good, good competition. You know, Bengals, we know their, their receivers are. So that's the pri- Like I watched him again, that game recently. And I was like, Man, this, this, this can't be the same Daryl Worley. Cause in the knife to a gunfight game, they lit his ass on fire. <laughs> so I was like, what, what changed here? <laughs> defensive system you know can 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 make a difference for sure uh carrie i'll come to you on corner again there's this opportunity here 
for some young guys to kind of step up and establish themselves. What do you think about the group? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, a group that has some talent. Um, you know, I'll piggyback on uh, something Denard said, um, kind of hinted at. Um, you know, I wonder if the fan base um, and, you know, onlookers are more worried about this group than the Ravens are, actually. You know, it's one of those things where, you know, in the offseason, um, you know, you want to see names, you know, you want to see completeness. And if you don't see enough names that you recognize or enough names that, you know, get buzz attached to them, then you're looking at it like a a position of weakness. And, you know, I'm not going to say that it's not a position of weakness. I'm not going to say that they're not going to add a bet. What I'm saying is I think there is some ability with some of these guys here where I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't add another bet. Um, one example for sure is Rocky Sin. Um, you know, go back and look at um, his history as a player. Early um, second round pick came into the league with the Colts, played some really good ball for them. Um, and what did they play? They were a zone based defense. Um, you know, he ran into some injuries. He ended up getting traded to. Uh, the Raiders for Yannick and Guacque. Um And, you know, anybody who goes to the Raiders is, you know, just no <laughs> telling, you know, what <laughs> what's going on with that defense. So I, I don't know if you can hold a lot against him as far as that go, but, you you know, you get him back into a stable defense, a stable environment, a, a, a zone scheme that, that, that suits his talents, uh, you know, as a kind of bigger – uh, you know, phys- more physical guy who can um, um, be comfortable and off coverage and, you know, just come in and, and just be sound, be solid. You know, I, I think he's a guy that, you know, we heard interest of well before the time he actually signed his contract with the Ravens. So I, I think he was a guy that they they identified in the process as a guy that, that, that fits what they want to do. So, you know, I, I think he's going to be the guy that gets the first crack at it as the starter. You know, I, I, I don't see any issue with him um, being a solid starter. Uh, then you got young guys behind him, uh, J, uh, Jalen Armour Davis. Um, you know, we'll get to see, um, you know, how he progresses in a year or two. You know, a guy uh, later round pick that they took, we talked about in uh, um, Rookie Recap. Caillou Blue Kelly, I think to me, he was just missing long speed. Long speed is not as important, you know, putting him in a zone uh, based defense, but I think he brings a lot to the table to like. Uh, Pepe, as far as a, a slot corner, when you want to match up with, with those quicker jitterbug um, kind of slot receivers, I think he's a guy that, that fits that, you know. Um, Ardarius, um, you know, we'll get to him. I think he's another guy that fits that. You know, we've talked about uh, and we will talk about, you know, the the safety position and, you know, how we feel about Kyle Hamilton. But, you know, if you want to specifically talk about matching up with those quicker slot types, you know, Pepe is a guy that, that can do that. And then uh, Trayvon Mullen is, is only 25 years old, man. You know, he's a long, talented guy. Um, you know, big time pedigree, and again, only twenty five years old. Let's see what 
you know, if there's something to unlock deal with him. So, you know, I, I think it's an interesting group. You know, I don't have any issues with it if they don't bring anybody else uh, in. You know, I, I think at this point, being this close to training camp, I think they're um, comfortable with at least getting the training camp and seeing some of these guys uh, perform before they, you know, decide whether they need to add any reinforcements to the group. But, you know, I think they're probably more comfortable with this group than the average Ravens fan is. Yeah, we've seen that. Right? We've seen that approach over the last couple of years with certain position groups. They will do exactly what you said. They'll go through camp. They'll go through the preseason give the guys who are here an opportunity to, to, you know, show whether they're going to grab the role or not. And if, you know, they feel like they need to bring in a vet to supplement, they do that like right before the season starts, sometimes in the first couple of weeks of the season, they're still bringing in guys. So we we've seen them definitely approach it that way before, where they give these guys as much opportunity as they can get in the camp in preseason to kind of show, you know, what they can do. And then if they feel like they need something else, they go out and they get it. Um, something interesting though, just hearing Trayvon Mullen, I'm thinking, all right, Clemson guy, John Simpson, Clemson guy, Trenton Simpson, Clemson guy. You know, you have certain schools, right? Iowa, they like Iowa guys, Oklahoma guys a couple years ago. Maybe Clemson is the new, the new thing for them. They, they got a thing for Clemson guys. Um, Let's close it out with safety here. Uh, and I'll start at the top with you again, Chris. And maybe I should have mentioned Ardarius with the corners because by, by, he's listed as a safety, but by body type, he's probably more of like a nickel slot type corner. I mean, 5'8", 176. But uh, we'll talk about him here with the safeties, even though I heard reports that he was getting some looks at nickel and playing in the slot um, during these earlier uh, you know, mini camps and OTAs. So maybe that's where he ultimately gets his opportunity. But we'll talk about him here. Um so we know about Marcus Williams. We know about Kyle Hamilton. Marcus Williams had four picks in 10 games last year. So uh, getting a full season at him, I only expect him to continue to do what he does, which is just be an eraser uh, on the back end and come up and make plays. And not just in the passing game, in the run game. I know Denard and I saw some, we were sharing some clips last year where he was coming down, I mean, like a missile uh, in the run game last year. So just an all around you know, professional safety, Kyle Hamilton, just scratching the surface, man. That dude has just got enormous talent. I mean, he can get to anywhere on the field he needs to get to, just roams the field making tackles just all over the place uh, and, you know, forces fumbles, you know, blitzes. Uh, we haven't seen the interceptions yet, but I'm sure that's coming. Just a guy with, you know, all of the ability in the world, just scratching the surface. And then, you know, behind him, and, you know, Denard mentioned this before we hit record. That's where it's kind of going to get interesting. Um, Eugenio Stones, your Brandon Stevens. We talked about our, we talked about our Darius, um, you know, a couple of undrafted guys. Uh, well, I guess just one, Chiquan Amos, um, who they have. That's that's where it kind of gets interesting. But between, you know, those top two guys. But Chris, what, what do you think about that group? And um, I guess there's still that big question, you know, is – What's Kyle Hamilton's role going to be? Is it going to look more like last year where he's kind of a nickel, nickel Sam, nickel slot type guy? Or is he going to play more of a, you know, traditional strong safety type role? You know, just just your thoughts. I mean, obviously we don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it. I I, I, I do like this group. I'm a, I'm a big fan of this group. Um, I like what, what each individual brings. I think you have a lot of versatility with this group. Um, I, obviously, you know, you have Marcus Williams, who's, 
can play that center field role. But, you know, I think guys like Gino and, and Brandon Stevens and, and Kyle Hamilton, you could do so many different things with them, um, especially, you know, what we saw with Kyle Hamilton last year where he was, you know, there were, there was times where he was guarding Amari Cooper, you know, um, not very successfully, but he was guarding him. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the fact that, that they trusted him to line up against, you know, one of the premier receivers in the league in, you know, in his rookie season, that shows how much they trusted him and, and how much confidence they had in his ability. And going into year two, you know, we know he's going to have a bigger role with Chuck not being there now. You know, Chuck was, you know, played like a million snaps over the last few years. So, you know, now it's time for Kyle Hamilton to slide into maybe that Chuck Chuck role. We don't know, but I think they have the, the horses in the stable right now who can fill in you know, admirably and, and maybe even, you know, do do an even better job because when we talk about Brandon Stevens, you know, he's a, a super athlete, you know, when, when you look at what he can do on the field. And Kyle Hamilton, we know how talented he is. So I, I think that, yeah, they're a young group, a um, little bit of inexperience, but I think physically that it, it makes the defense a lot faster and, and more imposing in my opinion. I remember that Browns game vividly because, yeah, they were able to match Cooper. And that that's kind of the knock for people who don't like Hamilton at Nichols. They say, oh, you're going to match him up with, you know, your best wide receiver or whatever. He's going to get caught in man coverage a couple times. Okay, yeah, it happened a couple times. Ravens recognized it pretty quickly and said, all right, we're just going to blitz him off the edge. Now deal with this 6'4 dude with like a seven-foot wingspan in your face. See if you can get the ball to Amari Cooper now. So <laughs> there's ways that you can, you know, address some of those situations if if that happens. Uh, it's matchup league. We know that, you know, offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators play that chess match, you know, all the time. Denard, safety group. I know how you feel about Kyle Hamilton and the role you'd like to see him in, but just your thoughts on the group over. I think it's the best group on the on the on the footballs on the football team. Um I think they have different pieces that can move around and be effective and be more versatile than they've been the last few years. No knock on Chuck Clark. He did his job and he's, you know, a Raven forever, but he was limited and it limited what they could do defensively. And, you know, in certain spots, you can kind of see that, like against the Bengals, where they're a little bit hand-strung with him on the field. Need to get a tight end covered, and he, he struggles on corner outs and things on that sort. So hopefully with, you know, more speed in the secondary, I feel like, to me, that Brandon Stevens is in the catbird seat on the starting strong safety position. I think Hamilton should stay where he belongs, which is within a 15-yard box of the of the line of scrimmage. He is built. I don't think anyone in the league has seen a guy like that in a very long time who's 6'4", 215, 220, rangy, lanky, has the ability in short area speed and and, and – acceleration where he can make play and he's physical on, on, on his tackles, which is even more important. So I, I think this group can be the best. I think having a full season of Marcus Williams would be 
a game changer for the secondary and it will allow them to do more and more things. And I'm excited to see what else they they do throughout the year. Yeah, I'm telling you, the range, that's another key point you hit on with Kyle Hamilton. I shared some clips with Chris and Kerry a couple weeks ago about some of, some of that range. Look, you're going to obviously see and hear plenty more about Kyle Hamilton, but before the season starts, if you're into watching film or going back and watching games, even if it's just a broadcast copy, I would highly encourage you to go back and watch him closely. It's a, He's a special dude. <laughs> you know, obviously a guy who's picked that high, you expect, you know, him to to be unique and um you know to to have some special talent but i'm telling you there is something really really special about what this guy can do um and he's just scratching the surface um carrie hit you on the safety group um hamilton marcus williams we talked about them but those other guys as well what do you think about the group yeah i mean it's a deep talented group you know i know i said this a lot but i mean it really speaks to the job they've done kind of putting this team together. Um, you know, we were talking uh, before we start, started recording about Brandon Stevens, and I think he's another ceiling setter type of guy because, you know, if, if he can ascend and, and become, um, you know, that that strong safety and you put Kyle Hamilton in, that, um, in the same role he was in last year in that knuckle role, um, I think, that's the the highest ceiling configuration that you can put together in that secondary. Um, you know, Stevens is, you know, uh, he's just a go-getter, man. Like, he, that, that dude is super talented, feels like he's super close. I want to see him reach his peak. And, you know, hopefully it's this year. And I, I think, you know, you know, we are pro. Uh, Geno Smith, um, I mean, I'm sorry, Geno Stone podcast and Geno Smith. Yeah, and Geno Smith. Yeah, both. <laughs> you know, when they don't write back. Yeah, hey. <laughs> we like that. But you know, Stevens is a guy that has a different um, upside because of his athleticism, and you know, I I, I just think he would, uh, you know, just add an added layer to to this defense. You know, his versatility at that spot you know, match with all the versatility that you see throughout the secondary and throughout the defense as a whole, you know, ha having another uh, Swiss Army knife in there, you know, would be real nice. Um, so, you know, excited about him, still excited about Gino because, you know, his instincts and and his ball skills and, and uh, some of the things he brings to the table allows him to play a little faster than I think he actually is. You know, he's not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, um, but, you know, he's he's just a good football player, man. And, um, you know, our Darius is a guy that um, I feel like can chip in, you know, in the slot, in the role, you know, similar to uh, Kyle Hamilton, um, but, you know, just in a different way, having that, those quicks to match um, those quicker kind of jitterbug uh, wide receivers. So like him and then, you know, obviously at the top, Marcus Williams, you know, you just eraser. You, you know, you just you hit it on the head with what he's able to do, his range. And then Kyle Hamilton is, you know, just um, the amount of different people that you can match Kyle Hamilton up with um, is just insane. Um, you know, 
his comfort level being able to do a lot of different things just means that you can be in a lot of different defenses at once. When you have a guy that's as rangy as he is, a 6'4", that can match up with slot um, receivers, that can match up with tight ends, running back side of the backfield, physical to, to come in and fill and do those things if, you know, people want to try to run out of, you know, 11 personnel or whatever it is. Um, but also uh, enough range to to make things happen in the passing game and close on um, a pass attempts. So, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see how they use him, and then you know, secondarily, uh, whether they really lean in on Brandon Stevens, you know, having a a, a, a big role in this defense. Yeah, man, Kyle Hamilton, apex predator. Uh, that's what they used to yes. call Rand, Randy Orton, right? He's he's, a, <laughs> he's the, <laughs> the apex predator. Uh, and shout out to Chuck Smith, man. Chris and Denar, you, I mean, not Chuck, we did mention Chuck Smith. Chuck Clark, you guys both mentioned Chuck, man. Chuck, not only was he an Iron Man from a snap count percent, uh, uh, perspective, you know, had the green dot. We know that's important to some people out there, defensive leader, but also got to give Chuck big credit for doing something that the, the team was probably reluctant to do because of how much money they had committed. But he basically was the reason that Earl Thomas got cut. So good for Chuck uh, <laughs> recognizing what the problem was and say, you know what? I understand y'all got a lot of money tied up in this dude. You may be reluctant to let him go. Let me just handle this. I'm going to punch him in his face. Start the ball rolling. <laughs> and uh, they got out of that situation. And we've seen, unfortunately, you know, Earl, great play. Can't take anything away from his legacy. Legion of Boom, all of that. That's well established, but kind of went off the rails there at the end of the career. And uh, a little and, bit. Uh, yeah, it's got a little weird. Got a little weird there at the end. <laughs> but shout out to Chuck Clark, man. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, he has a, uh, a speedy recovery. I forget. It, sees, it was a season ender that he got not long ago. I can't remember if he tore his Achilles or what it was. Or I think it was ACL. ACL. Yeah, so shout out to Chuck, yeah. man. He never want to. Never want to see any of these guys get hurt, uh, but particularly good guys like Chuck. So, you know, hopefully he's able to recover and come back next year and uh, continue to ball. But that's it. We went through them all. I'm definitely going to split this into two shows. Uh, <laughs> now that I'm looking at the time, it only makes sense doing an offensive show and a defensive show. It's kind of a natural fit. But, um, yeah, I think we touched on it all. Um, I'll just go through one more time. Any kind of closing thoughts, final thoughts on this thing? We'll get out of here, Chris. Um, anything you want to share before we get up out of here? I'm so happy that we are on the cusp of football starting, meaningful football, um, as far as camp battles and, you know, starting to put these names that are on paper, put them on the field and see, you know, what they can do and, and how they, they progress. And, you know, next thing we know, it'll be, preseason time so i'm i'm super excited about it because i've missed football a lot second that second that for sure denar coming to you we'll be firing up the fire zone show look at that we'll play on words uh <laughs> before too long any final thoughts for you for the first time since i started the show there'll be a defense worth talking about <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, From start once, to they, once they got rid of Wink, I knew we were going in the right direction for, for you. If the pandemic didn't hit, he'd have been gone a year before that. <laughs> well, we know, we know there was a plan. 
right? With Mike McDonald. Oh, yeah. David David Ajabo has has let he's he spilled the tea that there was a plan all along. <laughs> if you haven't listened to David Ajabo <laughs> on the Lounge Podcast, go check it out. You gotta listen very carefully. It's very subtle, but he he let's let the cat out, out of here. He, he just get the 10 and let's get up out of here. <laughs> so I, it only confirms to me that the plan was in place from the very beginning. Hey, Mike, I need you to go down there for a year, call a defense. I ain't never hired a DC who ain't never called a defense. I need you to go do that for a year. Come back, job is yours. So I'm convinced the plan was was in place. I think Ojabo confirmed that. But anyway, go check it out for yourself. Kerry, any final thoughts? Uh, I mean, just kind of piggyback off what you guys said, just excited that, you know, we're getting meaningful football coming and excited to see what this top mocking offense means in Baltimore. You know, we've we done a lot of speculation. We looked at his um, previous stops and looked at film. And, you know, it's a lot that you can kind of assume that's going to be taken over into this offense, but you just never fully know until you actually see it with your own eyes and see it in application uh, with this um, group of skilled talent. So, you know, I, I'm just super anxious to, to see what it looks like and, and, and see what uh, the focuses will be with the primary um, uh, groups that they plan on using, that kind of stuff. I'm just, just super excited for that. And I'll just echo everything you guys said. I I expect this defense to be really good. I expect them to pick up where they left off last year, where I think they were, if not top five, they were in the top ten. I expect them to be in that same range this year. And the offense, of course, excited to see what what it looks like under a new play caller. And if we get a full season of number eight, healthy number eight, there's some folks wearing some striped uniforms up there in Ohio who talk real spicy. They've been real spicy the last couple of years. Super spicy, particularly their quarterback. They're going to have to see the Ravens this year, right? We get a healthy Lamar. All of that, you know, hey, you know, my Super Bowl window is my whole career. Okay, we're going to see. We're going to see. <laughs> okay. I no hate, no hate on Joe Burrow. That's how he's supposed to talk. But, okay, we're we, we going to see. I think they need to kind of be reminded of, you know, where, where they belong in this in this division <laughs> okay you've been curb stomped for many years and i think they they need to they need to remember where they where they need to be at they lucky if it wasn't for that damn sneak they lucky would have got their ass last year but okay uh, uh we we will uh save that for we ain't even got through preseason yet we'll, we'll save that for later in the season we're gonna get to see them at least twice maybe more than that so but don't sleep on some of them, you know, hey, don't sleep on the Browns. You know, Deshaun, I know a lot of people probably wrote Deshaun off, but, you know, giving him a, another season back, uh, I wouldn't sleep on him. And and don't sleep on Kenny Pickett, man. Kenny Pickett, he's doing some things over there. Uh, so I think that Pittsburgh team, you know, Mike T always is going to have his team, right? We know that. But I think there might be a little something more there on offense. Um, obviously, Najee Harris is is a dude, but might be a little something there at QB. Um much as I, I want to clown baby hands, I might be a little something there. <laughs> so, I'm excited about all of that, right? All of the rivalries, all of the all of the talk, uh, all of the games. Looking forward to all of it. So, hey, we cranking this thing back up, y'all. It's it's just getting started. The ball starting to roll down the hill, and uh, you know, another season, you know, coming our way. So, uh, I'm excited. Looking forward to it. We all are. 
y'all tap in um tell a friend to tell a friend like subscribe all of that good stuff definitely be checking for the fire zone show uh we'll be cranking those back up here soon too and um we're gonna get up out of here y'all be good Trying to see me, man.